recording. This is odd. What are you laughing at, Chris? <laughs> We've been okay. So we spent the last couple of minutes offline saying, "Hey, what should we talk about?" And you kept shooting down on my ideas. Even yeah. I have really good ideas. <laughs> so I'm going to go for. I think this is going to work. I'm going to lead with something because this is something that um, I actually really enjoyed. There was a question sent in from one of my uh, Patreon supporters. I do a Q and A podcast every every month, and one of the questions was, uh, Preston, if you could like create your own like. If you could imagine the most perfect church, what would that look like? And my first response, of course, is there is no perfect church. So blah, blah, blah. You know, we know that we can't talk like that. But, um, but like, what were some of the big picture values, rhythms, things that this church, if I can just create it on paper, um, these are some things I think it would be about. These are some things we probably wouldn't do. I talked about like being multi-ethnic, uh, strong sense of belonging, um, high view of Christ in everything that it does from mm-hmm. bottom to top. Obviously the leadership would be both humble and very thoughtful. Like you would, whatever the church did, everybody that's part of that church would be like, man, they, I don't know if I agree with this. I'm not really sure about that, but man, they put a lot of thought into this. They've really thought through this. Um, that would be a big value. There was lots of things like that, but um, I don't want to give too many more that I said, cause I want to ask you like what, if you could imagine the most perfect church. When I say perfect, obviously there's imperfect people there. So it's going to be imperfect. But if you can imagine a kind of church, you're like, man, this church seems incredibly meaningful, intentional. And I love belonging to this church. What are some big picture things that that would look like? Or even small. I mean, it doesn't need to be in order. Like, you know, this is the most important second, but just kind of what comes to your mind. Um, Well, I mean, I think I agree with everything you just (laughs) said. Definitely more meaningful and thoughtful. Like what? Yeah. So what does that, what do you mean by thoughtful? Are you talking like Sunday morning service or just relationships or kids programs or? Well, I mean, I feel like for like youth and maybe middle school and high school, like, I don't think we need more fun. Like, I feel like they can go find fun kind of places that are going to be a lot more funner than what we're creating. Right. Like I think we folk sometimes churches focus too much on just bring them in, whatever it takes, give them like pizza and give them all kinds of stuff so that they're going to want to come back. And I, I feel like what I said to you the other day is just that I feel like our kids just don't stand a chance to like leave at 18 with a like hunger to want to follow Christ with seeing a picture of God's kingdom that is bigger than just themselves and what their world is and want to be part of that family. Like we just don't give them any thing that would make them feel that way. So it's like they go from kids program that's more shallow and more just entertaining to then go to like a middle school and then a high school that is just, it's like, it's not touching on the things that they're working through. It's not touching on uh, meaningful relationships. And so then by the time they're walking out at 18, what are we wanting them to sign up for to follow Mm -hmm. Christ? And so That's just, so I think just the meaningfulness of um, just even like getting together with the seniors individual and individually and praying for their year, their like, of like trying to disciple them through, walk through, like, what, what are you thinking about for next year? What, how can I be helping you with your decisions of where you're going to go next and what you're going to do? And, you know, so. Do you think, I mean, so our kids do hunger for meaningfulness. I mean, do you think. Do you think that's pretty shared across most teenagers, even the ones that maybe seem like they're just kind of like 
not really thinking deeply or not really working through stuff. They're just kind of like doing their thing. But do you think deep down most teenagers in our churches are really hungry for something more meaningful than what yeah. we're typically offering them? I mean, I always think about a couple of years ago when we were having our small group mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there was a bunch of teenagers that always would go to it. And it was always like assumed like it's hard when we don't lead things. That's what's <laughs> hard, right? When we're just going to be a part of something it's like you kind of have to like go with it and it's that's just the hardest thing for us is because we see all kinds of things but anyways we were part of this small group we were trying to just be a part of it mm-hmm. and not be the ones that are just changing it all up but because of that like the teenagers were always just left to like just hang out they can have the time they're like playing video games in the back while we're in having like meaningful conversations and and praying for one another and all those things and here's these teenagers that are old enough to like go live on their own. And we're just like the standard for them was just, Oh, just, I don't know, go mess around. So I remember one, one time we were, I just, Oh, I just couldn't so frustrated with it. Cause I'm like, no, why are we not like teaching our kids to like think thoughtfully and, and deeply. And, and so all the kids decided halfway through, we were all gathered around, they were somewhere else and they come on, they're like, Hey, we're going to go home. We want to go play some video games. And uh, I just couldn't take it. And I was just like, well, hold on, hold on. I go, does anybody want to have like, you guys want to come back? Like, you guys want to have a discussion about, I don't know, like abortion? And they're like, yeah. And <laughs> all of them came in and we stayed for like two hours all talking with them about abortion. And they had all kinds of thoughts. And and that's when it just hit me. I'm like, we just, we just don't believe in them enough or what, like, don't like hold them to a a standard that is like, they're very thoughtful and not everything was Mm. accurate what they were saying, but they had obviously already thought about it. Strong opinions. One had written a paper on it. And they, then they say like, it's, it's actually kind of scary to say you don't believe in abortion at my school because it felt like they're kind of the, it's like, they'd be like mocked or made fun of or attacked or, you know, it was the best conversation with teenagers. And I'm like, I'm like that, though, like that, like if we're training these kids to leave the home and we are hoping that they still choose to follow Christ after, then we need to like be taking them to something that's going to train them, that's going to teach them to think and to know what they believe. And so I think, I think that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind of like, what would I want in a church is just, just more like training of, of like for life and for their faith. I've often thought like people, all people, especially teenagers will, will prioritize things that are meaningful to them in life, right? Like they will go to the football game. That's where their friends are. They will do this. They'll join this. They'll do, you know, um, if they are not wanting to be a part of the youth group, we do have to ask the hard question of why, like, why, why? And I almost like, I, I just think there should almost be not almost, I think this is actually should happen. Like churches should give like an anonymous survey to all the teenagers that are maybe a part of the church, but maybe not part of the youth group or even part of the youth group and saying like, okay, um, anonymous survey, speak honestly. Um, why aren't you coming? What would you, what would you want to see that would make it meaningful for you enough to, to want to come? Like my, my, they might even say like, Oh, if I don't have any of my friends there or something, or, um, I've got practice or the, whatever, like, or it might, there might be some deeper things like, I just, it's, it's not worth my time or something, you yeah. know? Uh, and I, I, there's people listening. I have several youth pastors that listen to the podcast that, that are, I think are doing some really, um, 
thoughtful things and are mixing it up. Some of the churches yeah. I speak at, I hear youth pastors and, and hear what they're doing. And I'm like, oh my word, that's, yeah. everybody should be doing something like that. You know, yeah. like they're really engaging their students well. Um, well, this is our next generation. This is like, are they going to be the teachers? This is the like cops, the every, like our kid, our high school kids right now, those are the ones that are going to be leading like our country and like the world in, in different ways. And I feel like, so like, well, you said the other day, you're like, you feel like the youth pastor needs to be the highest p- yeah, paid position in <laughs> all of the church and, or, and also have enough money for resources for that. So like, if you're not an expert in different topics and you don't know that you'd be able to mm-hmm. hire someone in to come and, and do something with it, like, like, it should be viewed as this is training ground. This mm-hmm. is like you go to the military and you do boot camp, like high school youth group should be that. It's boot camp. Mm-hmm. Like it's not trying to just draw them in. They're faced with some very serious decisions in their life mm-hmm. in their high school years. So just downplaying it to sing a worship song, get some pizza, and then, you know, do maybe a small light you know, sermon kind of a thing is just that just, yeah, they're not going to skip anything funner for that. One one of the things that I've thought through is, I mean, everybody, everybody recognizes that there's a mental health crisis among everybody, but especially youth. I mean, the rates of suicide, anxiety, depression, body image issues. I mean, just so many things. Um, This is a, and like, I don't know anybody would say, yeah, it's not that big of an issue. Everybody would say, yes, this yeah. is, this is a huge thing. Okay. So as church, as parents, as, well, not just as parents, but as churches, obviously parents need to be like getting their kids help, but what role, since we all agree, it's a huge issue. What role is the church doing to help meet their needs? Um, and most youth pastors are probably gonna say, gosh, well, I, I mean, I'm not a professional, you know, counselor or whatever. Like, I don't know. Okay, great. Um, let's get you trained or let's bring in somebody who is. If it is a significant enough issue for somebody's faith journey and just living, um, then we will allocate the resources to do that. We will have a, you know, $20,000 a year fund for mental health help for our right. youth, you know, like, oh, we don't have a budget for that. Well, again, we spend money on things we we value. There's, if you look at a church budget, typically there's, there's money there. We're doing yeah. things, we're spending money on things and like, if it is a significant enough issue, I think we will do what it takes to to help walk with our kids in that. But I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's too unrealistic or if we just don't think that way. And, yeah, and maybe some um, maybe some youth groups are doing that. Yeah. You were a youth leader for oh. <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you were for like six months in a church, right? The the was it junior high? A year. A year? Yeah. What what did you do there? Wait, like when? Uh when we first moved to Boise. You, I mean, it's volunteer. You weren't like on staff, whatever, <laughs> okay. but like, oh, and you <laughs> okay, started, start well, and you started two non-church programs, right? Belong and yeah, United. The girls group. Yeah. So what did the, what did those look like? Yeah, it was flourishing. It was meaningful. We like literally just taught the Bible. Like we just, it wasn't try to, uh, it wasn't try to capture them into coming, but it was just like, let's find out what the Bible says, how we're supposed to live our life. And it just, yeah, we spent most of our time learning about what the Bible says and then also finding out each other and mm-hmm. how we can support and pray for each other. And yeah. Do you think kids were honest? Like they opened up with, I mean, these are junior high girls, right? So no, I mean, it's high school. Oh, high school. Yeah. Middle school and high school. You're right. It was combined. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, definitely. 
I, I think that people are just longing for that. I just want to li- like hear, like they want to, and you said the other day, I was like, sometimes I just don't feel like I'm trained in all the areas, which I know I'm not, but you're like, honestly, 50% of it would just be just being a listening ear and hearing what people have to, like the kids have to talk mm-hmm. about. So just being, you know, our kids have gotten to, um, <laughs> coffee with some of the leaders at times. And they're like, they come home saying, wow, I'm glad I was there to counsel, like help them listen to them. <laughs> they like talked more than didn't ask any questions about me and just talked about like themselves. Oh, our kids and, stuff. Went, yeah. Oh, yeah. and so just that, like, just be it, like, just find out what, what's your week been like. And, you know, so. That was um, one of our kids described a, a video they had. Yeah. That was like, oh, my word. That was. Yeah. Just like, not, I asked him I'm like, would you want to do that again? Like, no, I never want to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. Like, here's the tension that I feel like I I know a huge burden for youth pastors is to find not just quality volunteers, just volunteers. Like they need other adults helping in the youth group. And sometimes they'll just take whoever's Mm. willing to do it because they need help. But here's I, I, I always struggle with like being practical and being ideal. So my ideal is we do need many robust, intentional, meaningful, godly, wise yeah. adult volunteers or that they're going to help disciple the youth. Uh, right. Kara Powell was on the podcast. I don't know when it's going to be released in relation to this one, but, you know, she, and there's data on this, you know, she's a youth expert and says, you know, the, the, our youth will stay in the faith. They're much more likely to stay in the faith depending on the number of non-parental adult mentors or not even men, but just relationships they have in their life, meaningful mm-hmm. adults, it, it, taking them out, getting to know them, asking them questions. They know yeah. their name, their birthday. I mean, just kind of basic relational stuff. So yeah. then my question is, well, how are, okay, how are we fostering that? Ideally, if I was a youth leader, I would say, okay, I'm going to have a really vigilant, high criteria for who can volunteer in a youth group. And I know yeah. every youth leader listening is going to say, you're not going to have any volunteers. It's hard enough to just get people right, in right. there let alone some really top-notch intentional people. I'm not satisfied with that, though. Yeah. What can we do? Let's pay them. Right. You, to volunteer in a youth group, you get paid a stipend of 10 grand a year. I, oh, I don't right, know. Right, I mean, right. church is like, we don't have that budget. But again, like, I, I'm not satisfied with, oh, we just can't find quality people that are going to volunteer. Okay, let's, 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 let's figure this out. Let's figure there's quality people in the church that need to be connected with youth. Um, how can we make that happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you can, you have, you can, uh, foster that culture in your church. If you're like, I guarantee if you've like spent the next couple months from like the stage talking about how important youth is for, and how we like value so much to really mentor them and, and help them as they're like launching to the next stage of their life. And so, you know, and help, cultivate like a seriousness of like that. I think there would probably be a lot more people involved. I think the reason why there's probably not a lot of volunteers is because it's like, do you want to go on Wednesday night and go play games and be awkwardly standing around other teenagers? It's like, no, I don't have the time for that. Do you want to go invest in something very important? Yeah. Everybody invests in something really important. So I think just even setting the tone of, of like, of that. And I mean, I think also to kid parents are mostly invested in the stage that their kids are at. So I know as much as like, it, it's hard, like not all teenagers would want their parents investing and, in, but they, but they are the ones who care the most. They, like, 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 like students in the youth group don't want their parents like 
Yeah, but I, but but so maybe yeah. some like very um, intentional parents could also be training the 22 year olds that are volunteering, like the investing in them who are invest in the kids, you know? So, cause I do feel like we are in the trenches with the kids. So we know what they're talking about. We know what they're going through. We know all the things, whereas the 20, most, I feel like, like help, like uh, volunteers and youth are like 19. <laughs> like they went to college for a year and they came back and then they're like, we can volunteer. So they're like, they're still in the same stage as like the other ones. Do you ones. think that could, that's and so, not good or it could be good or depends on where they're Well, at I just or, feel like they're just not really qualified for, I mean, they're, they're like a step qualified. Like they can, you know, but I, I, I feel like it's the, the people that are a stage like from that, that know what mm-hmm. is going through. So I feel like maybe like some of the parents can be like really investing in the 20 to 22 year olds that are investing into your kids and talking about how do we talk, to, you know, and stuff. So I, I wonder know. how, again, it's hard for me to base my view on teenagers based on our kids. Cause our kids are our kids. They might not yeah. may be different, but yeah. I just, I mean, all of our kids would be super eager. If like a, if like an adult, an intentional adult said, yeah. Hey, I would love to take out the lunch. I want to get to know you. They took them out. They ask them a bunch of questions, yeah. listen really well. All of it, right? I mean, it wouldn't matter what age, like it's not like they, they would love it if they were 60 years old or something I think, yeah. or 25. Right? I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think sometimes older people think kids don't want to be around them. It's like, well, what? Well, it's so, not your age. It's maybe how you approach them yeah, too. Yeah. Like, right. Um, like, like our kids have always said, I'm not looking for a 30 year old friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I'm looking at a friend, my age sounds better, but like a mentor, like, sure. I'm looking for a mentor that's older than me. So I feel like sometimes. Like you don't people, need to pretend like you're 18 and try to yeah, know like, my music, so cool whatever. Like, and kind yeah. of like. Like really hang with the conversation with them. Like that's actually just not, I don't, right. I don't know any of them, any teenagers that would like love that. Like, so it's like act your age. If you're 40, act 40 and, but like care about them, invest in them, talk to them, ask them hard questions and be the person that they would want to come to for advice. Not the person that they're going to say, I'm bored Friday night. What should we do? Let's call up the 40 year old leader, you know, <laughs> like that's just not our role. So I wonder how common that is. I, I would love to know like how many, what percentage of the average church going teenager would actually want an adult to hang out with an adult, an adult to invest in them. I think it would be pretty high, but I don't, Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. uh, great survey. I think it's just some random teenagers I've come across. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you would want to hang out with me. Like, I don't, but maybe uh, yeah. that's just the front. Maybe that's just the assumption that we, we old people have about yeah. young and, people. And like, oh, kids, they wouldn't want to hang out with And them. our kids would be the first to say, and maybe it's not every kid would say this, but just that they don't see like a 19, 20-year-old as a mentor necessarily. Like it maybe right. like could could help in something, but they, they would say, I don't know, do you know much about life too? I feel like yeah. you're still kind of in that, you know, so, and that's not to down, like we need them. Like we really right. do need them, but we also need like training of them. Like they still need to be mentored, like in their, you know, post high school Mm -hmm. um, time. So just, I think, yeah, I think somebody said to us the other day, just like, I'd never turned down anybody who wanted, who offered to help and volunteer. And I just was like, I'm not, I I just don't know about that. It's too crucial of a role to say, I'll just take anybody. I mean, great. Then can you like help bring the, you know, the, go pick up the pizzas for, I mean, not that you, that's the only thing you have to do, but like if somebody wants to help, like there's other ways, but like, if you're like, if they just like anybody wants to just help and you're putting them into like 
a bigger position. Mm-hmm. It just feels like it just feels like a disaster. What, what else? I mean, this is the, I, I don't we don't need to go too much longer on this, but I don't know. I, I just how it does sound a little idealistic to say we need high quality, intentional volunteers of the youth group. It's like, what would it take to get that? Um, I think part of it is public, like you said, like like a real public clear, like this is a need. We need people. This is and and talk about how valuable this is for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. This is the next generation. It's unlike any other generation in the history of humanity. They're going through all kinds of stuff. This is a frontline ministry need. We need some, some top gun. <laughs> top, mm-hmm. We need the top of the top to come and help out. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But is that enough? Like if I heard that message, would I go volunteer? I'm like, well, I'm still, I get it, but I'm still kind of busy. You know, like, I don't know. Like, is there, I would because yeah, I yeah. care about investing in, I, I, I have a, like, I don't have time for just filling in on, you know, just going to play Foursquare. I mean, not that that's not a, like, I love playing games. I love having fun. But if, if we're taking the time that we have kids where it's our time to invest and adding that, I just don't have time for that. Like, Hey, I'm like, come over all Friday night. Let's swim. Let's play volleyball. Let's have a great time. But if, if like, our time when we have these kids is to teach and train. I just don't have time to just, so I would, I would, if, if, if it was like, can you volunteer a couple hours of your week to invest in the next generation? Yeah. I hope that there'd be a lot more people that would say yes and make that meaningful and real. But, and, and if you did get a bunch of, I would have a, I, again, maybe I wouldn't have any volunteers at the end of the day, but like I would have a serious screening process. Even something like, I, even something like certain personalities, if somebody's so shy, they don't know how to ask a question. I'm like, you die. You don't meet the criteria. Sorry. Like if, if you come to youth group and you're kind of awkward, you're saying, or you don't know how to like get to know a teenager and ask good, meaningful questions. That's part of the criteria. You have to be able to ask, <laughs> but people don't. There's, I mean, our kids share stories of different groups have been a part of them. Like, ah, oh, so how's, you know, d- d- explain it to us. And sometimes when they describe volunteers or even leaders it's kind of a little cringy i'm like why Hmm. yeah i'm not okay with that but if you're doing this good job keep going in your church if you're a youth pastor that is is being like meaningful and taking this seriously great i mean i just feel like that's that's where you're doing the right thing like invest your so much energy in that in your church and it's not it can't okay here's here here's might be the key it can't be left up to the youth pastor alone to cultivate this. It has to be from the top down because every church has its kind of like emphases, right? You have the church that are in the missions, you have the church that are into like poverty relief, the church that does a good preaching and worship and the church goers take on that kind of passion, right? Ethnic reconciliation, whatever. Like I remember somebody told me years ago about um, they went to David Platt's church. This is years ago when he was, I don't know where he was at Alabama or something. And um, I said, oh, so how's, how's it, what's it like going to David Platt's church? And he said, in all seriousness, he goes, well, it's not, it's not really like a church. It's more like a sending agency. Like he's so big into missions that the whole DNA of the church from top down is all about missions. I think he even hauled a bunch of like junk on stage for a year because it's like, this is how most of the world lives in the midst of just like poverty and stuff. And like, it was such a supreme value that people breathe that air. So if 
pouring into the next generation is a supreme value, which again, give me the counter argument. There is yeah. no counter argument. Nobody's going to say like, well, it's not that important. <laughs> like everybody on paper is going to say, this is real. This is a huge, huge need. Okay. Then let's reflect that. And if that is the air we breathe in our church rhythms, people, I think, right. Yeah. People will come out of the woodwork and, and it would be awkward not to want to invest in that. You think, is that too ideal? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's too ideal. No. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can let me know if I you think I'm full of crap, Chris. You, um, I... you can do it on there too. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got a question for you. Okay. So what about how do you, how would you say we are doing with balancing serious conversations in like, and ministry versus like fun life and just, you know, cause I feel like both you and I have that we're, we can easily like turn off and be like, okay, too much of all that. Let's, so how do you, how do you feel like, cause it, it could be very easy to be just so like involved in like all these things and everything's like so disappointing and you know, the church and all the things. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like, at the end of the day, we have a great life. We, I love life. Mm-hmm. How do we, how would you say we do in that of like balancing that and like personally? Mm. I feel like on the whole, both you and I, especially last, not especially last, just in general, we do work hard, play hard. Would you say that? I mean, we, when we, sometimes we work a lot and intense and traveling and this, that, and you wake up at, Lord knows when you wake up in the morning (laughs) to work. (laughs) You know, that little Marine commercial where like, you know, we get done we get more done before like 7 a.m. than most people. It's like you get more done before the Marines even wake up. Before I just want I longer time to play. <laughs> so if I can get it done <laughs> Is that early. when you wake up at like 3 to work till whatever yeah, and so you can like play? It's... When we take time off, like we, you know, years ago our board said take the month of June off. It's a, it's a low season. There's not a lot of stuff going on. You typically work really hard in the spring. So take like a month off. And we've done that, you know, and we you know, December slows down with a lot of stuff and we, we are our own bosses with everything we do. So we can decide, Hey, we need a day off Friday. Hey, we're going to take Monday out. So we we do have a lot of flexibility and, and do, I think, I think we try not to overwork ourselves, but we also do work very hard when we're doing that. I think for me and for you in the last few years, the line between work and not work is really blurred. And I think it has its benefits and it has its negatives too. We yeah. both work from home. We are scheduled just, I mean, looking at my email is, can be part of work. Well, I might check. I probably shouldn't, but maybe 10 at night while I'm watching the game, I'll check my email. I'm like, oh gosh, okay. I got to deal with that. And then whatever. we'll ask you, Hey, do you want to go, you know what this church is asking? Yeah. Da, da, da. And so, yeah, it'll just be like, kind of like, and then we'll be like, oh, should we really be talking about that right now when we're watching the game or a movie or whatever? I, and I don't know if we always do a good job of like, yeah, shutting things down at say 6 p.m. And all right, we're not going to yeah. look at anything. It's like, it's it's just kind of woven into what we do. I, it hasn't, I don't know. I don't think it's gotten too annoying. I don't think. Do you yeah. think? I mean, there's times when you'll be like, hey, do you want to speak in Louisville or something? Like, <laughs> like in the middle of a movie. <laughs> like, I don't know. Ask me tomorrow. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think um, we're just aware of it too. Yeah. We're, so we'll try to gauge and you know just be oh i don't know we'll figure that out later let's just have fun or just enjoy you know but just being aware of making sure that our life is balanced with um 
yeah, just things in life that are just normal things of life and not conquering the world at all times. Well, you, you're way, way more in tune with that than I am. Yeah. If it's not balanced, I like you feel it. it. If you're not having fun, (laughs) at least, I mean, sometime during the week. Yeah. You know, like multiple times multiple a day. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with the day. <laughs> like, like right now, I'm like, okay, I've been working really hard, and as soon as I'm done with this, I'm gonna I gotta yeah. go out and do something fun. <laughs> do you think other people are like that? No. Do you? It's awful I mean, to be like me. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Yeah, probably we, we not. Have, we, have, I mean, we know lots of people that like they don't have that need. Yeah, no, they might no. need a vacation once a year or something, or every now and then have some people over or go out to dinner. But in yeah. terms of like just needing to really have some fun that yeah. usually involves being outside, physical, something, yeah. you know. And I just need to laugh. Like it just I notice when I'm not laughing. If I don't laugh, there's been a stretch of not laughing. Mm-hmm. I just feel it in my heart mm-hmm. and my soul. So I think that's why my our oldest daughter that we just moved out. I sometimes when I just I'm like I just want to call her and just say just make me laugh and whatever she says yeah. just makes me, and it just that just resets my clock and just resets yeah. like all the things in me. So she's got comedian level humor, really. Like the stuff yeah. she says are so I know, and this so sex. Not everyone get, no hardly anybody gets to hear no. it or see it. It's just like you would never. Yeah, people wouldn't know that, and uh. she like literally makes us laugh till we're crying yeah oh my god and not yeah. meaningfully <laughs> no she's not trying to be funny which is why she's like a comedian she just just says things that you shouldn't and we're all thinking <laughs> sometimes at other people's expense <laughs> yeah <laughs> it says the quiet part out loud we've talked okay so here's a, i guess a, a direction we can go i mean you know we so we have one kid out of the house three at home pretty and and they're all two years apart so i mean we're sl- we're doing a slow roll in it being empty nesters and to be honest, kind of freaks both of us out, right? Yeah. yeah. I've been asking you, what do we want to do for the next 40 years? <laughs> in like five years. 40, we need yeah, to... well, I'll make it out. Yes, we are 40. going to. So what do you want to do in five years? What are we going to do for the next 40 years? 40? Am I 86? Goodness. No, that's not too old. Yeah, no. There's people Wait, listening. They're like 88. They're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we're still worth of- <laughs> um, 40. That's crazy. Cause yeah, I know people that are. So I feel like, yeah. And I feel like I just have all kinds of like bucket lists that are just fun things. And I, but I know I'm not going to spend the rest of our life. What are you doing your bucket bucket list. Yeah, I want you to share some of your bucket with us. Okay. We are going to ride through the Sahara in dune buggies and I'm going to be all done up with my, <laughs> my scarf. With their hijab or whatever. Yes. And um, I just want to fly through the Sahara Desert in, in the dune buggy. And then we did find this salt lake that's in the middle. Siwa? Right? Siwa? Siwa? It's like two hours east of Cairo. Yeah. And it has these natural springs that are like, aqua, like I'm talking like Tahiti yeah. level water. In the glue. middle of the desert. So we'll probably go there. We'll have like picnic, lunch. We'll swim in it. Um, and so I feel like that's just like one of the few, many things, but I think I, you picture yourself driving to Dune Park, <laughs> me yeah. and you, like what's that, what's, just that, what's that movie with, uh, Matthew McConaughey? Um, yeah. I want really big sunglasses <laughs> with my thing. <laughs> Where he's got the, he's got like the old boat and he's like going across the deck. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think I'm you, I don't think you driver. can do that. You probably can't. I don't think Americans can somebody, just... <laughs> But I'm going to get him to sit in the back for a few minutes and just <laughs> let me. <laughs> feel like it's just us too. <laughs> That's one of the things. We're going to get but, shot. We're going to get 
<laughs> you know, our, if we break kid, down, we... our kids are going to be like, what did mom world? and dad ever come back? Okay, so that's one. You've said that for a while. Drive across the Sahara. And, no, and not, not across, because we know that <laughs> that's like... 2,000 miles. Yeah, that's but far enough to feel like you're, you know... All your bucket lists are travel stuff, right? Yeah, for okay, sure. What, I want to see the whole world. What's another one? Machu Picchu or... No, and I'm not... I mean, I want to go there, but those are not... They don't make it to my bucket list. They just get a part of like, that's what we're going to do. Is it because they're too common? Yeah. You like to do things that are yeah. that other people aren't So I have doing. a picture also of somewhere, and I know I've seen it, but I need to do some more research. But you can hike into um, full cities that are built in the rock of like a whole face, and people live in there, and they have to like walk, like, like bring all their stuff or? in. No, no, it's like... Asian countries, like somewhere in there. Mm. Like, anyways, if anybody's listening and have been there, please tell me because I'm doing trying to research it a little bit. Like, I I know I've seen it on like different like things, but just some like that too. Just like seeing the way so many people live, like in a rock, like yeah. a full like little town, you know. So yeah. So anyway, all this though is balancing work and pleasure. I want to hear and, more. No, <laughs> no, no. That's all. That's all you guys get. One more. One more. <laughs> no. One more bucket list. Okay. Here's something else. There are you didn't ask me my bucket list. Oh, do you want to say? Well, now I'm all, I don't know. I've always wanted to have a like a beach house in Mexico and surf all week yeah. or all month or, or maybe yeah. the rest of my life or something. But um, but we kind of did that. We went to Site Luita and that was, that was, that. that really was, I mean, I think I told you in passing there, you know, he's like when I speak yeah. my mind, which I really do, but they're you know, like, this has been a dream to like have a cool little beach town, surfing every day, yeah. chips and salsa, margaritas, tacos. Happy. Amazing. I'd go back to Tahiti in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. but I, I probably won't return if I do that. But. Okay. There are people in life that are starters and those that are continuers, Maintainer. <laughs> maintainers. And I think it is very hard to, for starters. I feel like starters get criticized a lot. And so I feel <laughs> like, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know if this, we want to yeah. talk about this, but so which I, one cause you? I feel like I've thought through this a lot that, well, I, I spent, we've been married 20 years, 21, 20, 20 something, 21, 21. No, this May is 21. Uh, this May was 21. Oh, okay. 21 and a half years. Well, no, not even 21 years. Okay. And I feel like I spent maybe those 15 years feeling like there's some, like I'm discontent or I'm like always searching for something else and just super dissatisfied. And I felt like I was always trying to correct that in myself of mm. like, just like learn to be fine with, you know, volunteering and doing this and like with the no end in in sight, you know? And, and I just, but it was like, but for some reason I just always was feeling, yeah, dissatisfied. I mean, at the end of the day, or just kind of like, and then what I realized in the last like six years is that, is that there's starters and, and both you and I are that we are not like, we get so excited about starting something big, even like something that is like, and working really hard at it. And then once it gets to a place where that it can just be people that can run it and maintain it or do it, it's just, that's where we lose all of our steam. And I feel like I think it's important for people to know which one you are. There's not one that's better than the other. Not everybody's called to like be starters or be the uh, pioneers or the, you know, people that are tackling something different. It's not like that. They're better than any, like the people that are like faithfully going to maintain or keep going with what you started. And I think, but, but I think um, if you're 
a starter, I think you probably deal with like feeling like, oh, should I just be content? Should I just be mm. satisfied? Should I like God's like, we now got this. Why am I like now net looking for the next thing and stuff? And so I think, um, I just want to, yeah. Like I, there's mm. just, um, yeah. You feel guilty when if someone says, Hey, can you volunteer to be a greeter? And you're like, I'm just not, yeah. I'm, just fill in a hole. Seems like, you know, that didn't even sound elitist. You're like, well, no, the greeter is valuable too. Like, I don't want to yeah. downplay that. I just, I just don't feel like that. Like I want to restructure the entire theology or system of greeting. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rather yeah than just train them, or... Like train them and get like, like, yeah, yeah. Talk about what's the, what, what's behind this. Yeah. Why are we trying to accomplish? And, um, and you do, it does sound fussy. It sounds ju judgy. But that's not the heart. Like, for instance, like I, I, we just talked about this yesterday, like, you know, preaching. Um, yeah. Could I, could I volunteer to preach at, you know, our church? I'm like, yeah, I could totally do that. But why does that not excite me? Because I think like, okay, people come in, they listen to a 45 minute sermon. Um, it, it does, it contributes on some level, probably to some people's discipleship. Um, and then they, they go home, they come back and they do it again, do it again, do it again. If I do preach, that will take a little bit of load off um, the, the lead pastor. Okay. So that's, there's value there. I think it could impact people's lives, but I, I step back and say, what is the philosophy of preaching? Are we doing this like sheeps just because this is what we've always done? And may, maybe, maybe the answer is no, this is the best use of our time. Okay. That, that, that's the answer. But have we actually thought really deeply and critically about why we're doing what we're doing? Am I just filling a hole on a, you know, putting my thumb in a hole in a boat, you know, and then, okay, I'm going to withhold some water for five minutes. And then when I let go, it's going to keep pouring out. Mm -hmm. Um, if I don't preach, um, what's, what's going to happen to somebody's discipleship journey? Probably not. I don't, am I too cynical to say probably nothing? Somebody else will preach. They'll listen. They'll forget what they said by Tuesday. They'll come back the next time you do it again. So this is where my mind goes. Yeah. So I, is that, I don't, and I, and I battle with like, is that wrong thinking on my part? Should I just shut up and do it and stop thinking so hard? But I'm constantly just always thinking about, is this the, the best, most meaningful use of all of our times? Or do we need to look at some more, you know, what? fundamental changes? Anyway, I'm, I'm, but, but I'm talking too much, but that's how you think too, right? Yeah. But so that's where like in the past I would be like, well, yeah, you probably should be like more content with just doing that. And now I'm like, if you're not wired that way, it's never like, that's not the best use of your time. Like the best use of your time is like getting your hands in and, and creating, starting, revamping, changing culture. I mean, that's why we're doing what we do is like, that is part of our heartbeat. So I feel like, um, yeah, if, if it's just, I think it's important to understand who God's created, created you to be in that, because if not you, um, you just feel like you're just trying to be somebody that you're not and trying to, you know, so, I mean, I would start up a whole youth program or revamp a whole youth program. And then I would train those who can do the thing like on a daily basis or weekly or whatever. But if it was for me to just do the one thing, like for the next several years, it just, it's, just not where I'm wired. I'm not saying I can't do it. And like I, if somebody asks you to volunteer in a youth program, when you just see several layers of things that could be, should be changed. Yeah. It'd be hard for you just to volunteer, keep yeah. your, keep your lip shut, you know, and just right. like keep your head down and just do what you're yeah. called to do. Yeah. That's hard for you. 
both of us. Yeah, and then some people are the opposite where they would never know how to get some things at a different level or know how to like change things or anything, but yet they're going to be the faithful people of doing what you've created. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, so that's so wonderful. Get them to like, once something started, Hey, this is how it continues to impact the kingdom. And you bring in those people to the, who want to do that. Um, and I feel like it works then it, you know, but this is the hard thing with, I do feel bad. I, I do sometimes feel like, am I just not a team player? Because like whenever I participate in somebody else's thing, I, my mind immediately just kind of looks at like, oh, there's better ways we can do this and this. Yeah. Or how can we doing that or whatever? And I just feel like, oh, am I just yeah. not a, and, and not exclusively. There's, there's some, a lot of churches I go speak at, I look, I'm like, man, this seems like yeah. great. Like this is like, oh man, they, they, I feel like they, they, people are in their lane, they're doing things, not afraid to question the structures and stuff. But I typically will get asked to speak at those kind of churches. Not, yeah maybe in the more just kind of traditional churches, but, um, but that I do feel, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think it's good. Always good to be just such an independent yeah. person no. or thinker. I don't know. It's a hard right. balance. But yeah. Where do people like you and I belong? <laughs> <laughs> That's a topic of our constant co- well, conversation. Well, I'll just, I've said this online so I can, or before, so I can say it like we, in our 21 years of marriage, we haven't had the, easiest journey with churches. We've been part of a lot of churches and I do feel like it's not always the easiest fit for us because, well, I don't know. Why do you think that is? No, no, you answer it. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're throwing us under the bus. You, <laughs> yeah, you're, this is a conversation you're taking. I, it. I've said this publicly and, and who hasn't really? I mean, I think I've never heard anybody say like, wow, I don't, whoa, really? Like what's, I can't believe, you know, you haven't just fit right into a church. So, and I, we love the church. Everything I do is for the church, the ecclesia, the the, the people of God. It's just anytime there's kind of like s- structures in place, I my natural, my, my mind is naturally going to say, okay, how can we do this thing most effectively, meaningfully, authentically? What's our outcome? What's our mission? Are we accomplishing that? Are we pulling the wool over our eyes? You know, um, I think I it's know. hard. I think all of life is just making me think everything's like that. It's like finding the balance of like, <laughs> like I'm just even thinking like boys that like our girls, right? <laughs> it's like, if we want to talk about them as a person and of themselves, like I have lots of things to say, the positive and stuff. If we're talking about them for my girls, then, okay, that's a whole different story. So I feel like there's two different conversations. So mm. uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I just lost my train of thought. So well, help you, me. What, like, well, you're saying like, if I'm to... just going to attend something, then yes, no, I can do that. It's fine. You know? Um, but if you're asking me to be a part of it, yeah, then I've a, got that's... a thousand questions about yeah, like, what are we doing why here? I, I yeah. said that to connect no, it. Yeah. But yeah. And I feel like that's why I feel like in churches, we get to a certain point where like we go and we're like, it's fantastic. It's great. They are doing a good job. They're mean well, they're they, that, that kind of stuff. As soon as we like start getting involved, that's when it messes us up where well, I'm like, I'll, I'll well, it does. And so it's like, do you want us to just, well, because then it's like, I can't help not think of these things. Yeah. I can't, I like, I, I would love to turn off my mind and say, just don't think of any ways of things to do, do better. I mean, I feel like we are built to be leaders. So, I mean, it's just, that's the plan that God has like put us in. And so it's like, it, I can't not be in that. So if 
if we're just talking about like, what are the great things that are, is going on here? I, I feel like I can totally say that and I can celebrate that and I can enjoy it. And then as soon as we have to like step into like now being a part and helping and being like (laughs) involved, that's when it just is like, all right, well, I can't do it in that way because I see so many things that it's not like correct with that or doing, you know, so it's a hard balance. And then that's why I was saying about <laughs> boys for our girls. It's just like, just as a person, you're a fantastic person. Yeah. You're wanting to date our daughters. Okay. Oh. No, you're not a fantastic person for our daughters. And I, I feel bad, you know, no, thinking yeah. that, but it's like that you, everyone has a standard. You have a standard for church. You have a standard for who you want to spend your time with. And, and so, yeah. I never thought it'd be the shotgun dad, <laughs> but man. How many times have I told you, remember you're a pacifist. <laughs> Boys around my girl, that drives the pacifism right out of you. Oh, my word. Well, um, the non-pacifists are happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah we'll <laughs> Feel see. like oh my gosh. <laughs> I got a, a story I was going to retell of our function. <laughs> oh, probably shouldn't. Is one of our kids? No, no, no. Oh. It was t- <laughs> okay, I'll I'm, tell it because everybody nervous. wants to tell it. You should be. No, there was that time when I was, you were, were meeting, this is a few months ago, and- you were crossing, I was meeting you, but I happened to be pulling up and oh. you were crossing the street and you're, you see, it's hard to kind of describe the scenarios. So well, I'll, gonna... I'll describe it. I was so happy. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I picked, I was like this, I was like, we were meeting some friends for lunch. You were just coming in. I was talking to my daughter on the phone. It was like, really like, it, it, it was like a really fun feeling. And I crossed the street to go to lunch and there was this car pulling up. And there was a crosswalk. So I didn't jaywalk or jump in front of the car or anything. I just started walking across. And I had I was already waving. pulled in. I was in front. So I had already pulled in the park. So I didn't see. This. Yeah. Yeah. You were like one car in front of him. So you pulled in and I waved to our friends across the street and was like, hey, like this. And the car stops in front of me and you can say flips yeah. me off. Did he flip you off too? Yeah. And he called me the B word. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> know who your audience is um it's like watch where you're going and then uh i was like i looked at him i'm like wait what and then they slant drive off off and it was such a scene everybody eating dinner like lunch right there was just like what in the world and so when you came around i was like i I even said it like funnily i'm like oh my gosh i just got flipped off and swore at and somebody was mad at me for crossing the street and you were literally going to go find them. I'm like, oh, what are you going to do? Run after them? Oh, man. No, I, well, I just come from the gym. Oh. <laughs> no, I was. So, so I was like amped up and everything. I had a really great workout. <laughs> and I was excited to see my, it was like, there was just like an adrenaline. And when you told me that, once I cooled down, I was honestly so thankful that he was gone. I know. Because I know if I'm, if I'm honest, <laughs> I, I actually would have most likely violated my see and that's good for people to know that well no in that you believe what the bible says in it it doesn't mean that you have none of the emotions of like what you want to do i mean you're still a person that has feelings and has anger problems and has adrenaline and so it's like the guy's window i would have okay okay (laughs) no i'm serious i'm just being honest like as but I was imagining, I'm, I'm like, when he, I was so angry that he drove off, but then when I cooled down, I was like, I'm so thankful he wasn't there because 
I, but do you know what I'm saying? This helps like with your view on what the Bible says about violence yeah. is that it's not just about your feelings. Like it's like, no. well, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel very, or, or, or I like feel very or, violent. or saying, <laughs> I don't feel like killing. I don't feel yeah. like hurting anyone. Like, like, like it makes it sound like, like someone who just wouldn't have any bit of like want like adrenaline in that yeah. way. That's not where you come to this conclusion. It's like what you see says in the scriptures. Right, right. And so you have to abide by what you believe the scripture says, even though when it's hard. So mm-hmm. I think, um, I just think that's an important part for you to like. And whatever I would have that. done there, I would have turned over. I would have had to re- repent because I would have believed that was sin to physically violate somebody, you know. You were madder than me. I I'm getting worked up I now just, just went, talking. Yeah, you weren't even mad. I was I wasn't so. I was like. That poor guy, the way he, like, he, <laughs> he has to be so was he miserable. Old, was he kind of an older guy? Was he, like, older than me? I don't or? know, 50. He must have been so miserable in his own life to that's just how, be you... so mad at me happily walking across the road. Like, there was something, like, he, very sad because he I mean, did that's not. that's the right answer, but <laughs> It's like, whether he was, like, sad, mad, hurt, like, maybe it triggered something, you know, that I don't know what it was, but I'm like. People shouldn't be that angry for somebody crossing the road. And so I was like, that that's sad that yeah. he has to live like that. Troubled childhood. Right. I don't always have that feeling, but I did then. We kind of went off the rails on, um, we went from balancing fun and work to your bucket list. What? So when our kids, here's a, here's the honest conversation, honestly, we're in the middle of having, is um when our kids leave the house, since, especially for you, like fun is kind of built into your needs. And a lot of your fun is wrapped up in the kids, right? Yeah. We have lots of fun with the kids. So when we wake up to a quiet house, that sounds really depressing. Well, we are going to pick up dancing because I love dancing and you don't. And and we just have to. So I want to go. I want to learn how to. I want to go line dancing. (laughs) So that's, we're going to do that. That's part of my bucket list. Keep you off the tables. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, that's just not, that's not me, but. But it's fun. I'll go kayaking or something. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like some of the stuff, some of the fun things we can do, you can, there's only so many, you can only do so much of that. Right. I mean. Yeah. Like we found a hobby. I think finding a hobby is kind of hard. Like I would. I think we're going to continue doing what we're doing. I mean, it like part of like, like, I mean, there's, there's nothing more that gets us up. It just has to be balanced. Like what we do, we like love what we do. Our ministry, our ministry and work. Meaningful. Yeah. That is what is going to keep us going till, you know, it'll, we'll start up new things. I mean, we're going to like keep moving with just, that's how we're wired. Um, but it's just going to be balanced with fun. And um, what are the we fun- just need to find fun friends and I was telling you the other day, friends that you can say, let's just have a really good time tonight and not get, talk about anything serious. Yeah. And then other times where it's like, those are the same people you'd be like, I have, need to talk about something. Right. Just being able to, you know, so I think just, and we've been talking about some of the uh, couple friends that we have mm-hmm. and just having like once a year where it's just us going away with them and having just a good time because we're all empty nesters and we mm-hmm. still need to enjoy life outside of, you know, in the new stage of what we're going through. So if you, if you had to pick up a hobby, what, what would it be? Know. A new one? Mountain biking? No. No. I don't have one. Power walking? <laughs> Not that I don't have a hobby. It's just, I don't have a hobby that I'm going to want to pick up when all the kids are gone. 
Like, I feel like whatever hobbies I love to do, I do even with that's the what kids. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, you and I together, I'm trying to think of what we would do together that would be fun, that we would laugh with no kids, that would be enjoyable. I can't think, like, what would that be? Hmm. I don't know. Kay- why, why, why do I keep saying kayaking? <laughs> we got that big canoe. We haven't even used it yet. Oh, hmm. I know. We'll find some stuff, but. Maybe no. you guys can email us with some ideas. <laughs> I've wanted, I've, I've wanted to like mountain biking. Boise is a huge mountain biking community and I've just have never, I don't know. Oh, I just can't wait to get on the mountain and people are like, they thrive on that. I just have never had that kind of spark. And I've done it and I like it, you know, surfing is the only like physical hobby that I would say I naturally would want to get up at five in the morning to go do. There's nothing else that would make, make me want to get out of bed. Not that I wouldn't enjoy other things. Snowboarding's close. Snowboarding's close. Um, but I think the whole ambiance of surfing too is, yeah. But river surfing—that's uh, what we have here. <laughs> that just doesn't excite. I do. I probably do need to try that out just to do it. But yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna make it for forty more years. <laughs> I, I would love to. I would love to know from somebody who is an empty nester who had was very very intertwined with the kids because we 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 are we we're, we work from home. Our kids have homeschooled in the past and. Been around, like we're with our, we've spent a lot of time with our kids, just in the natural rhythm of life. So for us being empty nesters, I think is, is going to be extra hard. Um, I would love to know from somebody who has gone through that transition and done it well. And like, what would they yeah. recommend? I, I'm thinking, I mean, the advice you always hear is you guys need to start dating again now and having yeah. fun and doing stuff. And, and I think, uh, yeah, having like, it can't just be me and you. And this goes back to, I guess, my theology of marriage. Like we do need other people and community and friends. And, you know, um, so we're just sitting around staring at each other. Yeah. Even if we're, I think it's hard because it's like when you're, you're in the trenches of parenting, it's like all like, (laughs) it's all you're doing is like parenting. And, you know, you have your other things and that kind of stuff, but you Mm -hmm. kind of, your friends are wrapped up into that, right? Like friends, Mm -hmm. like with other kids, the same age and that kind of stuff. And, and, and then all of a sudden, your kids are in like at the stage that we're at where they're doing all kinds of stuff on their own. They're still in the house, but they are always doing stuff. And then we, we, we look around and we think, wow, our friendships were so wrapped up in like with our kids. And mm. so we're just trying to find that. And I think, I think we're doing a good job. Like, I mean, we're, we're aware of it and trying to do that. So yeah. it's more like, instead of it, like always thinking, let's do this with as families, mm-hmm. it's more, Hey, let's the adults go do that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to instill that. So I think just, um, and I wouldn't do anything different though, honestly, like it, it's not like now oh, yeah. knowing what I have now, what I have changed. No, I like it. It's parenting is all like, it takes every bit of you. And so I wouldn't have just, um, I, I think we tried the best that we could in fostering friendships and stuff, but it, it's like, it couldn't, we didn't have very much freedom or options. And so now we're in that stage and now we're just, you know, like yeah. just setting a new pace and that kind of stuff. So. Is that good? Yeah. Close it out. <laughs> I had a couple more parenting questions, but I do got to go get my teeth checked. <laughs> all right friends well thanks for listening to theology and raw even listen to preston and chris talk about how do you say it in french n'importe quoi (laughs) n'importe quoi yeah that's good did i say that okay rien du tout (laughs) nothing at all (laughs) all right friends thanks for listening we'll see you next time on the show thanks chris for coming out of my basement and chatting (laughs) anytime
This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.